Starting a podcast can be very time-consuming. I've been doing it for more than three years now, and my biggest challenge was finding a way to distribute my episodes across major audio platforms in a way that was easy, effective, and free to use. That's when I came across Anchor. And the best part is that you can actually make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. So if you're interested, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another YouTube Hangout. Super excited to be here again. It's been a long and fun day of interviews. Uh, up next, I have a new friend, special guest. His name is George. He runs an amazing podcast called Let's Grab Coffee that focuses on entrepreneurship and leadership. And he wanted to interview me. And I said, I'd be honored. Why don't we turn it into a YouTube Hangout, too, so I could introduce you guys to George. So... George, I know we're going to get into the show. You got all your questions all lined up, but can you just quickly tell my aunts a little bit more about yourself? Let's grab coffee and then we'll get into it. Sure thing. Well, thanks uh, again, you know, Evan, for doing this. I've been looking forward to this uh, for such a long time. You know, I've been a huge follower of your YouTube channel and your, in your top 10 uh, rules and, and, you know, your coaching session. So, so thank you first uh, very much. You know, Ev, so for me, uh, I studied in the University of Ottawa. So I'm an Ottawa kid, uh, graduated from finance. And then I, I joined TMX Group, so it's famously known for owning the Toronto Stock Exchange. So background finance, I'm an associate at TMX Group. But, you know, I have so many side hustles on the side. Uh, I have lots of projects going on. Uh, one of them is my podcast. It's called Let's Grab Coffee. So I interview leaders like yourself about business, entrepreneurship, life in general. Uh, I also I work with two friends of mine uh, with a startup. We're launching a, a non-for-profit platform right now called My Guide to link mentors and mentees together. So I'm always doing crazy stuff. You know, I'm blogging on my website. But most of all, I love learning, love reading, and, and most of all, sharing my knowledge, just like you have. And I'm so glad to be able to learn from you today. All right, cool. Well, let's kick it off, man. Let's, let's get into it. All righty. So first question. Look, you know, I'm, I'm a huge follower of, of Gary Vaynerchuk, and I'm sure you know him as well. Uh, he always talks about self-awareness. And for entrepreneurship, I think it's always great. And you've said this before. Know your why. Know your North Star. Who are you? That's always a starting point. So, but how do you start? How, how did you know who you are, what your skill set is? How was that process for you? So I'm a big Gary V fan. Uh, he's been on the channel. We've done videos on him. We did an interview on the channel. We've I've collaborated with him multiple times over the past five, six years on different projects. Uh, I agree. He is huge you know, in self-awareness. His approach is slightly different than mine. He thinks that if you don't know, so he believes like he just, he just knows. He knows. He knows who he is, what he's all about. And he says, if you don't know, then you need to go talk to as many people and ask them, what do you think? Where uh, my approach is much more spend less time talking to other people and more time with yourself. I think we're too influenced by other people. And the last thing you need is to uh, be influenced more by other people. Uh, my book, Your One Word, that's basically the process is figuring out what is the one thing that you stand for, what is the most important core value to you, and then bringing that into your life and maybe your business, if you're an entrepreneur, to have more meaning, to do the thing that makes you most come alive and feel like you're on the right path. I think too many people feel like they're, they don't know what they're doing. They're not happy with their lives. We, they're happy with their maybe pretend life. You look at their Facebook or Instagram life, it's a happy life, but they're not actually happy with their life. Yeah. And it, it's mostly because you're not living a life uh, that is congruent with who you really should be. Um, so for me, finding believe was a journey, was a process. Believe is my one word. 
it translated into then making the book. I think in terms of skill sets, uh, which you also asked about, I think I think those uh, I think those adjust. Um, you know, I love making videos. I'm I like being on camera. At the start, my my skill set sucked at being on camera. Uh, you can go back on my YouTube videos if, since you're a fan. Uh, you know, they were terrible. The content was still good, but my delivery and my execution was really really bad. And I just worked and grinded and hustled and wanted to get better, and I did. And so now it's my skill, but five years ago it wasn't a great skill. And I think I think if you have the passion to learn something, you'll find that you can pick it up way faster than somebody who may have been doing it for decades, but it's just kind of mailing it in, not super excited about it anymore. Uh, and so I I care much more about someone's real desire to make whatever goal they have happen much more than what skills they have on paper. Because it'll look great on paper, but paper doesn't measure heart, and heart is what matters. That's right. And, and Ev, you know, I was watching one of, your, uh, one of your earlier videos. It was just about you and sort of shedding light about your, your personal life and when you're in high school. And, and you mentioned that when you're in high school, you know, your dream and goal was to be this VP of a big bank. And then some way along the, uh, the road, you just pivoted and you, you joined a startup. Was it difficult for you? I mean, did you have pressure from your parents or your friends or just society in general when you, when you did that pivot? Yeah, that was the hardest decision I ever had to make in my life. I thought I wanted to be a banker. I had opportunities with um, Merrill Lynch and, and then McKinsey, Strategic Consulting. And, you know, the, my dream job was sitting there right in front of me. And meanwhile, I had this opportunity to work at startup and be an owner in the business just you know two people it's, it's a small company it's not not even really like a startup that you might think of hey there's this team of 10 15 people <laughs> it was two founders and me that's it so you know there're three owners in the business and we weren't we weren't doing well uh, i'm fortunate with my family that my parents always supported me in what i wanted to do as uh, a big picture of them behind me on my wall and it kind of reminds me daily they taught me believe you know that's where it came from and they didn't necessarily understand. It wouldn't be the path that they would go down. They both were, you know, had traditional jobs. They never really ran their own business. We didn't have entrepreneurs in my family. Uh, but they didn't say don't do it either. I think more pressure came from my friends who wanted those same jobs. It's a super competitive environment. Uh, you know, not many people get those jobs coming out of university. And my friends badly wanted those. I, we all kind of were competing and badly wanted them. And when I, here I am, like being flown to New York and put in the Waldorf Astoria and kind of wined and dined to join their companies, I didn't, you know, I didn't really, didn't know that I wanted it. Uh, and so it was the hardest decision I have to make in my life. And, you know, the story that I've told and I keep telling is that it was just fear of regret. I didn't want to miss out. I didn't want to think back and say that that startup company I should have just given a little bit more time. If I was having tons of success, it's an easy decision, <laughs> right? It's like, hey, I'm rolling in it. You know, this is easy. you know, forget you, big corporate banks. You know, I, I don't need this. But I wasn't. I was. I was making three hundred dollars a month, right? I was Living below the poverty home. line, man. You <laughs> yeah. know, I was. It, I wasn't rolling in it, but I still felt like I could give it a little bit more, and I didn't want to. Um, I didn't want to lose it. I didn't want to. I didn't want to not. I could deal with the failure. I could deal with it not working out. I couldn't deal with not knowing. I knew that would kind of eat me up forever. So I had to at least give it my best shot just to know 
And the thing that made it a little bit easier was I told myself I'd try it for a year and just see what happens, see if I can turn this thing around. And I never ended up going back. You know, we managed to make it work. Uh, some of the toughest days of my life, which we can get into if you want. But, um, yeah, it was super hard. And every other decision since then has become easier because I use that same framework where mm. I think of, you know, if I'm afraid to go, you know, speak at that opportunity in Brunei uh, on national television in front of all their leaders, Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I was afraid and it's easy to, it's easy to say, well, you know, I don't, I'm busy. I don't have time to go do that. Like you come up with some practical excuse for not doing it, but really it's just fear. And the thing that gets me over the fear is the greater fear of not knowing, mm-hmm. of, you know, just having the opportunity to give it a shot. And so, you know, with that idea of fast forwarding your life to age 90 and looking back and saying, I, will you regret not doing this? And that gives me the courage to move forward. And so, it helped me in that situation, picking between job and business, and it's helped me in every other big decision since. You know, and one thing you were talking about uh, is, is and it's actually a central theme. Every time someone brings up entrepreneurship, risk-taking is like just paired with it, right? They're sort of correlated. Do you think that's sort of genetic or it's something that when, once it's applied, people sort of build a tolerance up to it? Uh, you know, I don't consider myself a big risk-taker. I'm pretty cautious. Um, I like to test stuff and prove that it works. I like to, uh, I don't like to spend money until I'm making money. And I feel like, like it could have helped me back when I started YouTube. I didn't start and say, okay, I got to go get the gear and get the lights and get the team and the editors and all of that stuff, the microphones and all that stuff. I didn't, I didn't do any of that. I started by myself with a flip camera that I already owned and just started making videos. And as a result, the quality was, you know, pretty poor you can see if you go back but at the same time a lot of people go in and and buy all the gear and get all the stuff and say i'm gonna i'm gonna be a youtuber and spend thousands of dollars and then they do it twice and then they stop because it wasn't for them and you're sitting on thousands of dollars of gear that you put in your mom's basement or something uh so i i don't consider myself a big risk taker i think as i've gotten more successful i've been able to take a little bit more risk you know you when when you have no money uh just you know all you can invest is your hustle so it's just where am i spending my time as you get bigger you start to make more money you can you can make a bet but i don't make i don't go out making huge bets you know i don't i don't sacrifice what's at the core of my business that's successful to then go try something else and if that something else fails i'm bankrupt uh, some people are, a lot of people are. And for a lot of people, that's the only way. I think it just depends on your style. I think, I think some people need to have the burn the boats mentality. There's no way out. I can't go back to that old life. And so I'm just going to have to find a way to make it work. And so they need the pressure of a huge mortgage or, you know, flame flamethrower in their boss's office so they like like you can never go back to it they need that all-in approach uh where for me i like having i i take a much more practical approach uh i i like having uh i like doing small tests show that it works and then expand so i don't know i think it just depends on i think it depends on your personality style but there's some elements of risk taking you know but you don't have to be the crazy entrepreneur to uh to be successful you talked about hustle 
and and hustle you know obviously requires motivation not just external because usually that's short term the long term is obviously something within you what gets you up in the morning what's your motivation uh i want to have an impact mm. um i love helping entrepreneurs i wake up and know that the work that i'm doing is important uh I wake up and I see the comments from the people who've left messages on my YouTube channel. And, and if I didn't post videos, a lot of people would be uh, sad. A lot of people would be hurt. Like a lot of people now depend on this. Just like an employee depends on their boss a lot of times for a wage. A lot of, a lot of people depend on my videos to get through what they're doing. Now for, it's not most people, you know, a lot of people it's like a nice to have little bonus extra thing. But for a lot of people, it's how they cope with a lot of difficult problems in their life. Yeah. Um, and so knowing that the, the work that I'm creating is having a big impact on people's lives gives me the motivation to want the, to do better, to keep doing it. Um, I feel responsible to wanting to keep helping entrepreneurs. I think as well, if you, if you have... Uh, if you have the ability to help, you should. And I found that I have the ability in this arena, so I need to keep going. And for a lot of people watching this, I mean, you know, they're either in high school, early university, or even just starting out their work career. Um, you know, they, they want to pursue the startup life. It, it seems, uh, you know, glamorous and luxurious, but obviously we know it's challenging. How can someone actually get started? Like, how do you start the ideation phase? Do you stick to something you know that you're good at? How would you advise someone? Um, if somebody's coming out of school and they want to they want to be in a startup or they want to start their own thing, I would I would do two things. I would one try to get as much knowledge as I could. I would I would go to you know if your school has speakers coming in talking about different subjects, especially if they're entrepreneurs. Like if you, if you ever get the chance to hang around somebody who's done what you want to do, I would leverage that as much as possible. Understand them, ask questions. Um, you know, join those conferences. A lot of times through school, it's it's free because they bring in these guest speakers to come. I would go and try to understand them. Uh, I would try to get a job. I would give myself a couple years. Uh, I gave myself a year. Like I would try to find an opportunity at a startup just to understand how they work. Even if just even on the side, part time, intern, something, just to get a flavor for the for the lifestyle. And I would try to get as close to the entrepreneur founder as possible and see is this something that I want to do? Uh, it's, it's often the case where, you know, the grass is greener on the other side. It sounds like a great opportunity. Then you get into it it's like, man, this is a lot more work than I thought. And it's not just glamor. It's actually a lot of crap. Right. Uh, and so can you handle it? Right? Like I enjoy doing the crap, like the work that, that you might look at and see what I have to do on a daily basis. You wouldn't want to do it, but I want to do it. And I'm sure if I look at your schedule, George and what you're doing, I say, that's nuts, man. I don't want to do what George does all day, but George <laughs> wants to do what George does. That's great. So you got to find that thing that you want to do all day that nobody else wants to do. Uh, and so when you're looking at those, that entrepreneur lifestyle by hanging around it, one, it'll teach you a lot of stuff. You'll make some connections. You'll make some money while learning, right? The idea of getting a job is not just to make money, but to, to learn uh, and then see if that lifestyle is for you. At the same time, I would start my side hustle. I would, Think about something that I'm excited about, passionate about. I don't worry so much about the skill set because I feel like I could pick up whatever skills I needed to make it happen. Uh, 
And so I would try to get a bunch of different things going on. I, you know, you don't know what the perfect thing is until you start. You can plan it. Like it's like dating. You could plan the perfect. You know, I'm looking for a wife. I'm not. Well, I'm married, so I have, I have my wife. <laughs> but like, you, you're, you're, you know, you're looking for a girlfriend. Let's see your audience. You're looking for a boyfriend, husband, wife. Now you make a list of all the things that is the perfect person. You need to, you need like just making a list isn't enough. You gotta, you gotta meet people. You gotta have conversations. You gotta try a relationship and see. And out of every relationship I've had, I've learned a lot as well about myself. And oh, you know what? That thing that I thought was important is not actually that important. And then there's all these five other things that are important that I didn't even realize because I went through the experience. Uh, and so I think a lot of people just plan, plan, plan too much. And planning is important. Because uh, if all you do is do, do, do without a plan, you're not going to get anywhere either. But I think people plan too much and don't take enough action. And so when you have a plan, just start doing and seeing because your plan is always going to adjust. You will never have the perfect plan. And so that first idea you have will change. It's going to change from the time you start, whether it's a full on pivot into something totally different or minor tweaks and changes as you go. If you look at successful entrepreneurs, the product that they started with is never the product that ends up becoming a huge thing for them. Um, so that would be my advice. Go try to be involved in the startup culture as much as you can to uh, understand what it's all about. See if it feels right for you. See if it like that energizes you or that like drains you. And then start your side hustle and see if you can make something of it. Yeah, that's interesting. And, and one, one of the things I keep reading is every every great leader always had uh, you know a, a very important morning ritual you know Benjamin Franklin uh, Richard Branson all these Steve Jobs right behind you uh, you know they all had something they'd wake up in the morning some would you know write down their goals some would exercise uh, some would spend time with their family to get the, the top priorities out of the way what, what is yours um, yeah I think it's important to have I think I think I'll get into mine I think what's even more important than understanding mine is understanding what it is that that gets your juices flowing mm. so you know you know for you georgia maybe talking to people maybe having an interview or maybe reading a book and maybe listening to a song and maybe you know watching a top 10 video um maybe listening to the podcast whatever it is for for everybody to understand what it is that gets you jacked up that's what you need to now plan with intention into your schedule. Because a lot of times, it's too random. Uh, somebody's listening to your your podcast, and it's you know Friday afternoon at 3 o'clock, and they get all jazzed up. Like, that was amazing. George is, is, is awesome, and now I'm going to go crush my goals. And then you wake up Saturday morning, and you've lost the, the mojo. It's gone. Mm -hmm. And so if, if George's podcast gets you all excited, then, then start your day with that. Every day, George, you got to make more content. Uh, like, start your day with that. So, and we've all had those moments where we've been in the zone and, and like something triggered it a speech, a song, something. So, understanding what triggers you and then planning that into your routine, I think, is, is such a valuable tool for everybody listening. Um, so, not to ignore your question, back to what my morning routine is. Of one of the first things I'll do is I'll put on music. I wake up, I go to the bathroom, I put on music then. And 
music just just gets me out of my fog in the morning, right? I, I have a playlist. I call it the Belief Playlist. They're all songs that make me want to dance. I listen to it, and I just F favorite I one. I want to dance. Yeah, I want to dance. And like, it's a public playlist. People can find it. But what gets me excited is not going to be the same as as your listeners or you, <laughs> right? So just because I like an old Ace of Bass song, it doesn't mean that that's like the song to get you jacked up in the morning, right? Yeah. Um, and so I'll put on, I'll, I'll make a playlist and I'll put that on in the morning. I'll put it on random and all the songs get me excited. So I'm a fan. Uh, that already changes my state and gets me in a more um, energetic mindset. Then I'll go to my gym, uh, in my condo, I'll go in, and get on the bike for 20 minutes and I'll watch the videos. The videos for me, it's why I made my channel. Uh, I want to be around more successful people than me. I looked at my environment and, and uh, lots of loving people in my environment, but nobody who was doing more than what I was doing. And so when that happens to you, the tendency is you're going you're gonna to just shrink down. You're going to always play small because you're the big fish in your environment. So there's never a push to get better. So I don't, I don't want that. I don't want to win the 100-meter race with you know, a bunch of – toddlers crawling, right? I, I want to lose a hundred meter race to Usain Bolt because he's going to, he's going to push me to do better. And so I need to surround myself with that daily. I need a daily. I make those videos daily because I need a daily. And so I'm working out while I'm watching a video and I'm getting knowledge and I'm getting motivation and I'm getting ideas uh, that then starts to make me think bigger. Uh, and then from there I get into, I get in, I come, you know, come up, have a shower and I get into my, my normal daily stuff, whether it's social media, whether it's reviewing videos, whether it's email, whether it's connecting with my team every day, I have different tasks. So Thursdays we're recording on a Thursday. It's my public facing day. It's all day interviews, podcasts, radio shows, anything kind of public facing a Thursday. It's what I do. And I have different days for different things, but the morning always starts the same so that I am in the best state. I don't, I don't hope that I wake up happy mm -hmm. because I don't wake up happy. <laughs> I don't wake up like unhappy, but I don't wake up fired up every day. Yeah, so yeah. I need to create that for myself every day through uh, rituals and an environment that make me wanna be uh, a better person and push myself more. Cool, and you, you talked about modeling. You know, I'm a huge fan of Tony Robbins as well. He always talks about modeling someone who you aspire to become. You have some great posters uh, behind you. Who, who's a leader that, you, that you've always aspired to? Uh, my favorite entrepreneur is AP Janini. He's on the wall behind me. Nobody really knows who he is unless, unless they're a fan of this channel, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and like hardcore, I've watched every video. He's the founder of Bank of America, and he was the Believe Banker. And uh, he lent money to people that nobody would lend money to he lent money to Walt Disney when nobody would fund him uh, where people said he was stupid and crazy to try to make a full-length cartoon nobody's gonna watch a full-length cartoon what are you doing this is nuts APG need to give him the money he lent money to immigrants when nobody wanted to give money to immigrants he said traditional bankers don't lend money to people who've been here for a long time and already had a lot of credit and he said no immigrants are hard-working people too they need they can, they can pay back a loan just because they don't have the typical collateral that most people would have. Um, he would lend money to people based off of a handshake and a look in their eye. If you can imagine a banker 
ever loaning money based off of a handshake and a look in their eye and a, and a promise I'll pay it back. Uh, so he fought hard for the little guy. He believed in people and he brought it to his business and he built Bank of America into one of the largest banks in the world. Um, now, even the people there don't even know who he is. I spoke with some of the Bank of America reps. They're like, who, who's, who's AP Janini? Like, he's your founder, dude, come on. So, uh, you know. <laughs> Read your uh, history. Now. The company does not do a good job of storytelling around their their founder, um, but uh, yeah, he's 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 you know I pull a lot of things from different people. Mm. So Steve Jobs is on my wall. He might be a typical entrepreneur people look up to, and I do I love Steve for his desire to have a big impact. The way he treats people maybe isn't something that I aspire to be like, and that's okay. Like I'm, I'm pulling that one thing from him that I respect and admire. Howard Schultz, the CEO of Starbucks, founder of Starbucks, um, I guess ex CEO. He's yeah, just he's moving on now. It's very sad. Yeah. Um, you know, he he stands up for his values. He was he was uh, well. Since you're in the stock market kind of area, I don't know if you remember. Do you remember the gay marriage? Uh, fight with his shareholder. Did you see that? Mm -hmm. No. So, so Starbucks was one of the first companies to come out and support gay marriage. Mm. One of the first big companies to say, like, we support gay marriage. And at a shareholders meeting, one of the shareholders stood up and said, "Listen, we're we're a for-profit company. Why are you making these stances? Like, we're not supposed to be getting involved in politics and that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I worry about our share price." Don't make these kind of stances because I don't want to lose my money. I invested in Starbucks for a financial return. And and Howard then got back up on stage. He's a shareholders meeting, like cameras, tons of people there. And he said, you know what? The lens through which we made this decision was not an economic one, but through the lens of our people because we believe in diversity and that's an important core value for us. And Starbucks has returned a pretty impressive return on investment, but if you're not happy with it, then feel free to sell your shares in Starbucks and go buy something else. Hmm. Uh, and that was a really controversial stance at the time. Now it's yeah, everybody's going to say, yeah, we support gay marriage and diversity, but at the time that was really controversial. And I just like the stance. like It's what he believes in, doing what's right, even though it may not be uh, the most logical or the most short-term um, economic decision um, and so I think I think you know with the videos that I put up we're doing a new person every day a new a new top 10 new people to learn from mm -hmm. you can learn from someone who's had success even if you don't agree with everything that they do mm -hmm. and I don't want to be the next Steve Jobs or Howard Schultz or AP Janine or whoever I want to be the best surgeon of me and to do that I can pull a little bit from all of these people to help shape my thinking and mindset and attitude and beliefs to help me get better and so uh, I if, if you ask me who my favorite entrepreneur is, I'd say E.P. Janini, but I pull a lot from, from many different people to help me be the, the best Evan Carmichael I can be. What do you hope people would pull from you? Uh, I've never been asked that question. That's a, that's a good one. Let's have some coffee. George is cranking up the question. Uh, what do I hope people will take from me? I think obviously believe is, is my one word. Um, I hope that people, I hope that people believe in themselves more. I hope that people see the potential in themselves more. I hope that people bet on themselves more. I hope that when people have an idea for something that they just get started on it and not talk themselves down 
from doing it. Just find a small way and get started. Right. Um, believe, believe in all the all the different ways. I think people, entrepreneurs are not. I think we all have these moments where we have something that we want to go for, we want to try out, and 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 in that moment we actually believe we can do it. And then as time passes, especially if you wait till the next day, you're just like, oh yeah, I, that was a that was I can't do that. You know, I, what was I thinking? That was that's too crazy. I can't do that, right? And so like you had this chance, you had this shot to go and do something a little bit scary, and you may fail, but like just a little bit moving that up. And uh, and then you talk yourself down. And so I hope that uh, what people will take from me is to just try it, have a little bit more confidence, try it, take a small step, take some action on it, and uh, don't delay. And Ev, you know, you look at your YouTube channel right now, about five hundred thousand subscribers. Like you've obviously done some some great, very impactful stuff, not just on, on your YouTube, but obviously on your website and your coaching sessions. What's next for you? Uh, well, we're crossing five hundred today. What's today? Yeah. Let's see what we're at now. I, I predicted it. There you go. It's coming. It's a, it's a, it's a special <laughs> time with George here. We yeah. are at 499866. Everybody watching this, subscribe. Make this 500,000 for Evan. because Yeah, different. so we're going to cross today. 140, <laughs> 134 more to go. Um, I don't know what's next, man. Uh, my, my, my big goal is to help a billion entrepreneurs, which means I need to be doing a lot of high leverage big reaching kind of projects, which led to the YouTube channel, which led to the book. Um, my next immediate goal on YouTube is to hit a million subscribers. I almost don't even care about the 500,000. I say when I got 100 that my next goal is a million. 500, it's more for the audience because they want to care and celebrate. It's like, this is nothing, guys. Let's get a million. Let's go. We got to drive it. Uh, I want the book to do well. I want it to reach people. I want it to have an impact. That's that's like the immediate future. Uh, the videos and the book and getting those out. Mm. Beyond that, um, I'm gonna be doing a lot more investing in companies, um, especially in my city. I wanna work with five to seven different entrepreneurs and uh, own a piece of their company and, and guide and mentor them to do some pretty amazing things in our in our local community and area. Um, and then beyond that, I don't know, man, it's, it's foggy. Like as you start up, the next path becomes a little clearer. I think anybody who tells you where they're gonna where they're gonna go in twenty years, like there's so many pivots and changes that happen along the way that um, you don't really know. So that's the short term stuff for me. The longer term mission is to help a billion entrepreneurs, and uh, yeah, I'm excited. We'll see where it goes. Awesome. I'm excited for you. Ev. You know, I have two two quick questions for you. Yeah. Uh, the first before we end off is. What you know, if you don't mind me sharing, if you don't mind sharing this uh, on this live live feed, but what was the biggest challenge in your life? I always love the questions, man. You know, I was I've been doing a whole bunch of these interviews and stuff, and my publicist sent out a list of questions that that people are supposed to ask because a lot of interviewers don't want to think and actually ask questions. And so, I, like, I get the same questions over and over and over, and I tell them, like, guys, you can like you can go off script, ask me anything. I want to know. I want to know. Um, so this is great. I love your questions. Um, the biggest challenge for me was was honestly back at that decision to figure out do I want to be an entrepreneur and do this startup where I'm making $300 a month or do I want to go and do the thing that I always thought I wanted to do. Um, no other decision has been as hard as that. No other time has been um, as hard as that decision was to make. 
running that company in the early days, lots of hard stuff. Lot, you know, I told my partner I quit, uh, you know, cried my face off, stuff kind of out of my nose, my eyes, everything. Um, you know, just feeling super lonely and having no self-worth, very little self-confidence because everything I did before worked if I put in effort. You know, if I'm like, if I'm practicing basketball at high school and I practice my jump shot, I would get better with more repetitions. And here I was practicing. I was working hard at my business and I wasn't getting results. And so I felt really worthless, which led to me telling my partners I quit. Uh, and then showing up the next day saying, let's go back to work because <laughs> I don't want to quit on this. Um, so that, that whole experience was that first year really of that business was just the, the hardest thing I ever had to do. And uh, everything else has been a lot easier since. Cool. You know, I, I always ask uh, my, my interviewers uh, this is, what's the one piece of, of advice or tip you would leave everyone watching this today of any age bracket? What's that one, one piece from, from Evan Carmichael? Um, the one for me is going to be the one that I hear over and over and over again. The one that, listen, I think of all the, I think I profiled more famous entrepreneurs than anybody else. Definitely on YouTube, maybe ever. I don't know. It's, it's a lot. And the, and the most consistent message, I want, to, I want to check that out. If we've, famous, if we've profiled more famous entrepreneurs than anybody <laughs> ever, that'd be an interesting, that? yeah. that'd be a good that. Maybe like Wikipedia or something, but uh -huh. uh, in terms of a media company. <laughs> Um, the most important one that keeps coming back over and over again is about following your passion. And it's the, it's the most overused one and also the most correct. Um, you got to do something that you love. So many people just, especially if they're graduating, you know, you look at what are the highest paying jobs for 2017? Oh, it's investment banking. I got to get into investment banking or I got to be a doctor or, you know, uh, that, that will always kill you. You will never be good at those things unless you have the passion to want to go forward and do it. And uh, oftentimes, you, if you're really good at what you do, you create a new job for yourself that didn't exist. You know, what I'm doing didn't exist when I was in university. Mm. This career path would never have been predictable. Uh, and that's where you let your true genius come out. If you look at who, who's the best at anything, who's the best soccer player, you know, who's the best, CEO, who's the best accountant, who's the best musician, they love what they do. That's really you gotta love what you do. You know, I talk I know you like interviewing people. I've talked to a lot of interviewers who don't love interviewing. It's like it's the same questions over and over again. So you put <laughs> no effort into it, right? So I think a lot of people just mail in um their career because they're just trying to chase either they're trying to chase like a hot opportunity or because it's just, it's the easy, safe thing to do. Like, hey, you know what, I went to school for accounting. Let's just go be an accountant. Yeah, that's not, it's not a great life, but uh, it pays the bills, I'm okay, you know? And that, uh, yeah, that, that sucks. Like, yeah. you'll never be a great accountant. You'll never be really happy with what you're doing. Um, if you love accounting, then go off and be the best accountant in the world. I love it, great. But if it's just a career to fall into, you won't have success. So you need to, you need to love what you're doing and if you're young and you don't know, then have the courage to switch paths. Mm. Too many people just stay on the same path because that's the path they started on. Or it's the path their parents chose for them. And it's not the path that you actually should be on. There you go. Wise words from, from a very wise man that I know and, and a good friend of mine now. 
Evan, thank you so much for, for doing this. I really appreciate your time. I'm sure everybody watching this is going to have a blast. Thank you. Thanks for the love, George, and uh, good luck with the podcast. You keep going with those interview questions. It's going to be something amazing, man. Thank you, sir. I appreciate it. All right. Cheers. Take care. You too.